Welcome to the Cyber 24 Podcast, the weekly pod dedicated to helping businesses and governmental leaders better understand the often intimidating topic of cybersecurity so you can make better decisions for your organization. I'm Marty Carpenter of 24.9, work in strategic communication, public affairs, and government relations. I'm joined today by our expert panel of one, Dan Schuyler from Valcom. Dan, how are you doing? Good, good, Marty. Thanks. It's always great to be with you and uh, be on the uh, pod. Well, glad to have you here. Our topic this week, two of the most common types of attacks that hackers use. And we're going to talk specifically about malware and phishing schemes. And let's let's start with that a little bit. But I just want to maybe preface it all by saying, you know, if you're a business uh, thinking you won't get hit by malware attacks or phishing schemes really leaves you vulnerable, leaves you at the mercy of hackers who could take your business for hundreds, you know, for all the money you've got, <laughs> they, they can get to you. Suddenly you're at their mercy and they, they already do this and take hundreds of millions of dollars from businesses each year. So today on the show, we'll look at the threat and the steps you can take to protect yourself and your business. So, uh, first, maybe let's start with a little definition of terms and let's start with phishing schemes and then even, uh, another offshoot of that fishing, spear phishing. But Dan, tell us first, what is a phishing scheme and what makes it so effective for hackers? Well, a phishing email or a phishing attack is an attempt by a hacker to uh, get you, the user, to give over, to provide confidential uh, information, whether it's your login credentials, a bank account number, um, what have you. Uh, And a prime example, the the most uh, notorious and damaging phishing attacks right now um, include... Uh, an attempt to launch a ransomware attack by taking advantage of weak or stolen credentials. So you'll get a phishing email. It'll say something to the effect that you need to click on this link to change your password because your account will be locked out if you don't. The user clicks on the link. They provide their username and password, and now the hacker has access to their system. And then from that point on, um, can traverse the uh, user's account and look to compromise other accounts, look for other credentials, et cetera, et cetera. So to answer your question, a phishing email is an attempt to get confidential or or uh, private information from you. So Dan, how have phishing schemes and attacks evolved over the years? Or is it essentially the same as it was from day one? Are they growing more dangerous for businesses? So they've evolved in two ways. One, the frequency has increased exponentially because phishing emails are can be generated automatically by the hackers. And they've also grown in sophistication from the type of phishing email. The If you look at phishing emails today versus two, three years ago, it's very hard to distinguish a phishing email from a legitimate email because the sophistication of the emails has increased and even really good cybersecurity experts will have a tough time distinguishing a legitimate email from a phishing email. So to answer your question, the frequency and the sophistication of the phishing emails has increased dramatically. I would think at some level it's even just that the the language is more difficult to detect, right? It seems like when these were first introduced, it was a Nigerian prince, and then it was always grammatical mistakes where you'd say, that's not a person. That's someone who's trying to translate into English. And it's it's gotten better as part of like an overall, um, I, I guess they've, they've gotten more sophisticated that way. And then social engineering plays a role in this as well, that, that you're, you're trying to 
help people uh, give you their trust. If you're a hacker, you want people, you want to gain their trust, and that's an element of this as well, right? Yeah, and, and they're more targeted as well. Uh, before, it was just a shotgun effect. Just send out these phishing emails to everybody and see who uh, takes the bait. And now <clears throat> they're more targeted, and we'll mention this, it's spear phishing. We're looking to target a specific individual. Uh, the most common is somebody who is brand new to the organization, who just starts, and the phishing email will attempt to... Uh, get some personal information from that person. Um, the phishing email will look like it's coming from the CEO or the CFO of the organization to a brand new employee. Of course, you're a brand new employee. You want to impress the CEO or the CFO. So you don't know any difference. So you're going to respond. You're going to provide that information. So they've become more targeted. To your point, the language has become more sophisticated um, and much more difficult to discern from a legitimate email. I like the way you break that down with the difference between phishing and spear phishing. So in my mind, since we're relating this to phishing just with the name, phishing is more casting a net and trying to collect whatever you can. And spear phishing is targeting an individual fish and trying to stab that one fish. Is that a good way for business leaders to think about this? Exactly. Yes. All right. So what would you recommend for a business to defend against these types of attacks? Like what can a business do other than just sort of tell people to be on the lookout. I mean, there has to be something a little more sophisticated than that. And, and maybe I, I guess you could break it down. What does technology allow us to do to protect businesses? And then what uh, kind of individual human training needs to be a part of it? Well, you, you named the two things that are very important, both technology <clears throat> from uh, an email protection technology and email security technology. But the reason why phishing emails are so successful is because they, they are a component of social engineering. Um, we've talked about this before. They're, they're trying to get you to do something uh, quickly. Uh, if you don't do it, you'll be penalized or punished, uh, locked out of an account, or they're trying to take advantage of your sense of nobility by providing information to somebody who you trust. And so they're using trust, they're using urgency, they're using a penalty, to social engineer you into providing information that you normally wouldn't do. So to answer your question, there's two things you can do. You can, you can implement an email security solution that has the technology and the ability to scan these emails and look for those nuances that we mentioned to determine, is it a legitimate sender? Does the content <clears throat> seem suspicious? And determine if it's a potential phishing email and to alert you to that fact uh, or quarantine that email. Yeah, so technology isn't perfect. If it was, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Um, so training is an important component of uh, security awareness. Training is an important component of your overall security uh, posture. So teaching employees what to look for with regards to efficient email, the best thing to do is to dissect efficient email uh, during your security awareness training, go over the indicators um, that uh, indicate that it is a phishing email, the recipient's address, the, the context of the email, the, the language being used, et cetera, et cetera. So security awareness training around uh, phishing is an important component of your overall security posture in addition to the te technology, again, um, email security technology. All right, it's time to take a break. The first reminder, Cyber24 is presented each week by our friends at Valcom. 
Alcom is a Utah-based IT solutions and service provider with a drive for getting IT right. From ironclad security to computing and beyond, Valcom's 35-plus years of experience means they have the experience and expertise to help your business from desktop to data center. Check them out at VLCM.com. Back with more on the Cyber24 podcast presented by Valcom right after this. Using Microsoft 365 for your business productivity tools certainly has many advantages. It's easy, user-friendly accessibility from anywhere at any time, simplified email access, and reduced costs of business operations and management. However, the migration and use of Microsoft 365 isn't without security risks. Barracuda Essentials provides the industry's most comprehensive security and data protection solution for Microsoft 365. With Barracuda, you can stop spam, stop viruses, prevent data loss, and turn employees into a line of defense against phishing attacks. For peace of mind, learn more about Barracuda Essentials for Microsoft 365 at vlcmtech.com. All right, welcome back to the Cyber24 podcast presented by Valcom. Marty Carpenter joined by Dan Schuyler. And we're talking about, so far in the first segment anyway, phishing and spear phishing schemes and attacks, uh, but shifting to a different topic slightly for this segment. Let's talk about uh, another concern business leaders should have, and that is malware attacks, uh, specifically, um, well, I don't know. Well, sp- there, There's so many ways we could get into malware attacks, but I think it's probably important for the audience. Let's start with something really fundamental. Give us the uh, the overall picture of what malware attacks are and why they are of concern for an organization. Yeah, so a malware attack is any type of executable or program that's malicious, that's running um, on your system, something that you don't want running on your system, something that's trying to gather data or uh, create um, some type of malicious activity, um, that's, a, that's a malware attack, if you will, and there's a variety of different malware attacks out there. I know we're going to talk about them. There's uh, Trojan horses, there's, there's uh, bot attacks, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But really, the definition of a malware attack is, a, is any type of malicious uh, application or executable that's running on your system. Yeah, you got hardware, software, and unfortunately, you got malware. So let's uh, let's jump into a few of those things because if we're talking about anything really software-wise, malware that would steal, encrypt, delete sensitive data from your system, uh, and a lot of times, not in a way, mostly in a way that doesn't make that obvious to the user, right? Where you may or may not be able to detect that there's something going on on your computer other than the thing you're trying to make it do. So let's walk through a couple different kinds of malware. And I want to start with adware. What is adware and and what do you do to protect against it or why is it a threat? Well, it's a threat. I mean, it's benign in the the fact that it's not really trying to do anything to uh, compromise your system. It's gathering information about your browsing habits, the type of ads you click on. Um, So it can solicit you with targeted ads depending on the websites you go to, et cetera, et cetera. And most web browsers have adware blocking built in, or you can download a plugin uh, that will block the adware. And all next-generation endpoint protection solutions um, have some sort of um, adware blocking as well with regards to um, you know, browser filters, et cetera, et cetera. So 
Adware is fairly benign in the fact that it's not trying to compromise your system or do anything malicious other than, you know, target ads, look at your browsing habits, and uh, get you to buy something that you probably won't normally buy. Can can those ads at times take you or get you to click on something where you think you're buying something or learning more about a product, for example, but instead it's it's sort of the gateway to malware? Or you know, malware yeah, being absolutely. a broader term, but it's, yeah. it's something more nefarious, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's the gateway uh, virus, if you will, to something more nefarious. You click on a piece of adware and it takes you to a website that's compromised or you click on it and it launches an executable that then compromises your system. Um, so yes, adware can lead to uh, a more dangerous malware attack. Yes. Yeah. Um, how about bad bots? Um, you know, we hear a lot more about bots and sometimes it's just something that's built on Twitter that automatically retweets something you say, or sometimes they put weird comments on a blog uh, that are sort of in broken English, like we mentioned before. But, but what are we talking about with bad bots? What what kind of threat is that, and, and what do we do about it? So a bot is just a, another piece of malware running on your device, uh, doing something without your knowledge. Usually a bot that you uh, that gets installed on your system is, in most cases, <clears throat> part of what's called a DDoS attack, a distributed denial of service attack. So somebody is trying to... Uh, bring down another website by overwhelming it with requests. And the way to do that is to launch a bot attack by using your computer and several thousand other computers by um, launching a bot attack against another website. That's usually the case of a bot attack, um, but they can be used for other methods as well. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, we talk a lot about ransomware, so this is one that I think our audience is probably most familiar with. but. Uh, for the sake of anyone who may be listening to this episode and just wondering, how does ransomware fit into the overall landscape of malware? So a ransomware attack is going to be the most damaging and the most nefarious. And right now, unfortunately, it's the number one attack uh, that hackers are using because it's the most lucrative. Going back to just general malware and viruses, mm -hmm. um, most next-generation endpoint protection solutions will not only identify um, almost all malware variants, but will stop any malware attack and quarantine that attack. Uh, and most malware, most sophisticated malware, is not signature-based anymore. It's, it's machine learning that's uh, a more sophisticated version of malware, and ransomware being one of those. Um, and so a ransomware attack basically, not only, it's basically hijacking your documents by encrypting those documents, now, depending on the sophistication of the ransomware attack, it may be something as simple as just encrypting your documents and then uh, asking you to pay the ransomware to get the decryption key. It, the more sophisticated ransomware attacks, depending on the, again, the level of sophistication, will not only encrypt your documents, but will hold your data hostage in an effort to get you to pay the ransom. Um, so they will, the hackers will say, if you don't pay the ransom, by a certain date and time that your data will be made public uh, in an effort to get you to pay in the effort to get you to pay the ransom yeah. and then the more sophisticated attacks will especially on a corporation will traverse the network encrypting backups and other devices and we just we just saw the uh, big attack on the continental pipeline uh, attack just recently 
Uh, we don't know the details of that attack, but uh, clearly that was a ransomware attack that, that uh, took the entire organization down and out of service for a while. Yeah, and there were some reports this week that the ransom was paid and it was $5 million, which uh probably a steal <laughs> considering the damage that it actually did. Uh, when you think it may have cost the company $5 million, but what did it cost U.S. consumers when it came to higher gasoline prices? And all all we got out of it was, I guess, the head-shaking moment of watching people put gasoline in garbage bags, which right. is a new uh, low, I think, for the nation uh, for sure. Um, okay, one more on the list I want to touch on, and these are Trojans. And I think uh, a, a lot of people would have said, you know, hey, if you'd have asked them about malware 10 years ago, they probably could have said, well, it's like a Trojan horse attack. Um, is that still the right way to think about it? Are these any different? Are they, have they changed or evolved in any way? And, and maybe even start with just, are, are we assuming the right thing, that it, it's uh, what we think of when we think of a Trojan horse? Yeah, a Trojan horse is just a, uh, a program in disguise, <clears throat> what looks to be a legitimate program that actually has... Um, malicious code built into it. So you're downloading a puzzle or a browser plugin, and it's actually got malicious code that once you install it and run it, um, it will execute that malicious code. But again, most next-generation endpoint protection solutions will be able to identify that malicious code, that malicious activity, stop it and isolate it and quarantine it. Um, And so... We're not seeing a lot of success with Trojan horses and viruses, et cetera, et cetera, because they're they're old school type of attacks. Not that they're not successful. Again, most next generation endpoint protection solutions will detect Trojan horses, stop a Trojan horse, and quarantine them. But these malware attacks are getting more sophisticated. They're not signature based, and um, they, <clears throat> depending on the sophistication of the malware attack your system can get compromised. But again, a lot of these attacks are stopped by next-generation uh, endpoint protection uh, security solutions. Yeah, so kind of to wrap up on this discussion, I would think that if I am a, a business leader, if I'm in charge of uh, running my company or you know have some kind of uh, C-suite-level position with my company and having just seen the Colonial Pipeline being knocked offline for six days or so, uh, because security was insufficient, that what I would take from this is there are technologies that can help me with this, If I and there is expertise that I can bring in to help me make sure I've got this uh, right, uh, and that, uh, number two, I also need to do uh, a lot with my own employees and make sure that there is a, a climate or a culture, I would say, of cybersecurity. Does that sound right? Yeah, I mean, the Colonial Pipeline attack um, should be a wake-up call for any organization. Again, we don't know the details of the attack, how it happened, but if a company of that size can get hit by ransomware, then any company is vulnerable. And we've seen this time and time again. Um, I've triaged over six different ransomware attacks in the last two months. Um, And so, again, ransomware attacks right now are the number one attack that hackers are using. They will continue to grow in number. Um, the sophistication will continue to increase. And so if you're using just antivirus uh, software, you have no protection. So again, and I know it um, sounds like I'm beating a dead horse here, but you need next-generation uh, endpoint protection solutions 
that can identify malicious activity and are not just looking for signature-based viruses or malware. Yeah. Dan, as always, we thank you for your time and your expertise. And uh, I don't know that anyone will be able to tell, but you're fighting through a bit of a head cold. And we appreciate you being a game day player to show up and uh, still be part of the podcast despite feeling under the weather. That's the uh, magic of video editing. You, you <laughs> cut out all my coughs, so I appreciate right. it. Thank you so much. That's right. We'll do the very best we can, and maybe no one will ever know. Who knows? Uh, Hey, as we wrap up for this episode, I want to thank our sponsors at Valcom. At Valcom, you get much more than a dedicated IT retailer. They become an extension of your IT team. So whether you're a startup or an enterprise, Valcom has the technical sales and engineering expertise to make your business more effective and more productive. You can find them online at VLCM.com. I also want to thank our supporting partners, the Utah Department of Technology Services, Kempsey Gardner Policy Institute, uh, our friends at Secuvant and the Utah Attorney General's Office and the Utah Department of Public Safety. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, by the way, at Cyber24 underscore, or you can follow us on Facebook. Hit us up in either place to let us know what you think, or if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, we're happy to do that as well. You can also rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, plus check us out now on YouTube. Thanks, everyone, and stay safe online.